episode of the Authentic Audience Podcast. I am back in San Francisco today and so excited to have Dan Austin with me on the podcast. One thing I have learned running my own business is how important it is to have people to turn to when I am at a loss for what to do. I often find myself wanting a boss. Being in charge comes with a lot of pressure and sometimes I miss having someone there to tell me what to do. So Dan has become that person for me. Oftentimes, Clay and I fall on opposite sides of the line when it comes to decision-making and what is best for our clients. And in those moments where we cannot seem to agree, we call Dan. He knows our business inside and out and has given me some of the best advice ever. He has been instrumental in the growth we have seen in our business this past year and truly is our secret weapon. Dan came into my life about a year ago. We were brought in to work on a project together and I quickly realized that having him in my corner was going to be really important. I've called Dan in tears, in total crisis mode, and he has talked me off the ledge on many occasions. Dan Austin has 20 years experience in the digital marketing world. He was Vice President of Vivendi Universal, Director of Digital Marketing at Home Depot, EVP of a 700-person agency underneath the Interpublic Group Companies, a $30 billion ad agency. Currently, he is the Interim President of B&G Designs, a digital marketing agency based out of Laguna Beach. (laughs) Today, we're gonna talk about how to create effective ad campaigns, when to say no, that time we got fired, and of course, his most authentic and inauthentic business moments. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Hi. Hi. (laughs) How do you feel? I feel great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. I'm excited about where you're headed. Where am I headed? <laughs> Incredible dreams come true, making your clients realize success. That's one That's one way of putting it. <laughs> On a good day, I guess. Um, so thank you for being here. Yeah. Um, we're in San Francisco today. Dan's here on business and uh, visiting her mom. I am. Um, so I'm so excited that we could do this in person uh, and just introduce you, my secret weapon, to my audience, since most of what I say, I'm actually quoting you. <laughs> <laughs> the last one that I quoted, what was it? Oh, uh, love on the business you have. Yeah. Yeah. Key point. That was the last advice you gave me when I was flipping out <laughs> a couple weeks ago, uh, trying to figure out what direction to take the business in and Dan said love on the business you have and you were actually trying to do the same thing yeah a couple of weeks ago we we like to grow mm-hmm. <laughs> we like to look to the future and it's so important to i think um take care of your people on your plate so that's what i've been trying to do and i think you've been trying to do the same thing yeah it's a it's a key virtue of uh of any business trying to grow we look so much to the future and think about, you know, accumulation and growth. You know, there's there's so much keeping up with others that have incredible growth patterns that we oftentimes lose what is most important to our business, which is the people that have entrusted us to help their business grow. And so when I find 
our business expanding at such a rate, I make our team stop and think about who we have and are we loving on our base of clients and serving them the best we can, leading them the best we can. And in doing so, we build that solid foundation of really successful clients and then it's time to grow. Yeah. You say, what is it that you say? Create. It's like a cycle of like create, grow. What was it? You were telling me a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's create, then perfect, then grow. And then, and then wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat, do it again. So I'm in a place now, I think where the creating is there, we're perfecting. Yeah. We're about to launch some new things, which I do want to talk about a little bit later. It's about email marketing. Which yeah. Is and when we say perfect, perfect, we mean stabilize yeah. and, and, and cause nothing's really perfect, but, per, but the pursuit of perfection and stabilization of that, and then you grow and then you wash, rinse, repeat. I love it. Yeah. So first thing I wanted to sort of mention or talk about is you've been really helpful in helping us create effective Facebook ad campaigns. Mm. So a big part of what we do at Authentic Audience and a big part of what Dan does at his company uh, is Facebook ads. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people are doing Facebook ads. (laughs) So how do you create a Facebook ad that is going to resonate? And we have very different clientele. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan has a lot, uh, he does more corporate clients, more commercial, more big, bigger budgets Mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Um, And our clients are more on the health and wellness, uh, yogis, artists, musicians. If you're listening to this podcast, you know who my clients are. Um, But there's so much overlap in what we're doing. And what I've learned from Dan is you can be honest in your marketing, you can create content and copy that resonates, but there's actually some key marketing strategies that have to come into play if you want to sell anything ever. Um, so I wanted you to share with us sort of your um, key marketing go-tos when it comes to running a successful campaign, specifically on Facebook. Yeah, got it. Uh, for sure. There. So I think a lot of people, um, especially in, in um, in the solopreneur or entrepreneur or startup business perspective are, are enamored with the idea of Facebook marketing, but it's intimidating. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then there's the opposite side, which people think, well, I'll just throw up an ad and say whatever, and people will come to my website and they'll buy. Well, that's the biggest problem we run into is people yeah. are like, oh, well, I've tried Facebook ads and it didn't work. Mm. I'm like, <laughs> have you though? Have you really tried Facebook ads? Because it's there's such a nuance. There's such a yeah. method to it. And actually, Facebook doesn't make it very easy. Mm. It's not intuitive. So you do need an expert. You do need a mentor. You can't. It's not something you can figure out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with the tips that Dan has helped us, Clay is obviously really good at the analytics and the data and the back end and the numbers and all of that. But it was how do we actually get people to click on this thing? So tell me how to do that. <laughs> I, I will. And I'll, I'll, I'll just preface it by saying um, um, we have some really incredible people on our team. And so I will talk like I'm taking the credit for it. But really, in actuality, there are some very, very talented folks that that have educated me as well on this. But as a team, um, we've really looked at a, uh, a systematic approach to where science meets art when it comes to Facebook marketing. I love that. And it's really important to recognize that. Uh, because it's, Facebook is two parts media buying and one part understanding, right? And from an artistic perspective. 
And the media buying piece is where I think a lot of people fall flat and they also fall flat on how to communicate effectively with an audience. So we, I'm going to, I'm going to go about two ways, two directions with this. The first direction is um, understanding the components and strategy of Facebook marketing, because it's not just throwing up one ad. No. Let's go through what we call the funnel marketing. Okay. And then we'll talk about the five points and any effective uh, ad campaign. Great. Cool. So um, like we were talking about, if you just send an ad to a cold audience that knows nothing about what you do, it's kind of like um, the best way that I can make this analogous to life is if you're looking to establish a relationship with anybody, the best thing to do is start the relationship and get to know them and have them get to know you and then see if you like each other. And then if you like each other, continue to a next step. And if that next step goes well and you're both still intrigued, continue to the next step. So we follow that same sort of methodology. And that's the, that's a key component here that I hope to portray during this whole discussion is that there's no gimmick or secret um, thing that we're looking to trick anybody on. No. If you follow the normal paths of life and virtues of life and apply that to what we're doing in Facebook, it actually works extraordinarily well. We're not trying to trick anybody here. We're actually doing the opposite. We're being very upfront and very, very explicit. So our campaigns generally start with some sort of warm up, And there's a reason for that. It's not just because we want people to be like, yay, authentic audience is so cool. Like we're going to warm <laughs> them up to hear about my yoga studio or whatever it is, right? What we're actually doing is we're doing twofold. One, yes, <laughs> We would love the audience to go, yay, wow, that's the best yoga studio like I've ever seen. Like, I can't wait to get there. I saw this video. It was so cool. Like, get me in. That would be really cool. Well, sometimes that happens. It happens sometimes, yes. <laughs> uh, for you guys, because you're so very good sometimes at Sometimes our warm-up <laughs> campaigns are really good. <laughs> they are, yes. But the other part of that, which I would argue more importantly, uh, is more important, um, that a lot of people don't necessarily follow or understand or get because you have to have a certain amount of experience running Facebook campaigns to even know this element. Warm-up campaigns teaches Facebook's algorithm who's paying attention to the brand, who could care less. And the reason why that's important is because it teaches Facebook's algorithm what is your customer base most likely to be. Therefore, when it goes to send the second ad up or even the first ad that is a warm-up audience, you'll get more distribution because Facebook's learning more about they, what, are, they know who to serve it. They to. know who to serve it to. Well, that's part of the crawl, walk, run strategy, Correct. right? So whenever we are talking to a client, everybody wants to just, you know, get a million sales overnight, uh, which yes. would be amazing, but not sustainable. And what Dan is, you know, doing a really great job of explaining that I don't really think I do a good enough job at is this idea that the more people see your ad, people will click on it. Facebook actually learns. And I don't think a lot of people know this. Facebook actually learns more and more every time someone clicks on an ad or every time somebody swipes up on an, on a story ad or whatever that is, Facebook is actually identifying, okay, great. Krista clicked on this ad. She lives in San Francisco. This is what she makes. This is where she works. These are other places that she likes. This is how she interacts on Instagram and on Facebook. So we're going to go serve this ad to more people that look like Krista. So the earlier that you can start these warm up campaigns, which is what Dan's talking about, um, 
Facebook ad, and you start these at a fairly low budget. You know, oh, yeah. people want to be like, let's just put $500 to it. I'm like, no, no, we're going to start at a dollar a day or $2 a day. So Facebook can learn and start to understand who is actually going to click on this ad, which I think that it's really important to say. And I kind of forgot. Yeah. It's like we forget because it's mm-hmm. all we do. You know, Facebook has uh, faults. I mean, there's oh, no yeah. doubt about it. But it also has uh, a, a, a true core to it that is looking to, whether you could argue whether it's they want to make more money or not, we can get into a whole other topic about that. Well, if Clay were here, he right. would want to get into that, but I'm not going <laughs> Or, or it's, also, it's also because they know that if they're helping you reach more of your audience, you will spend more because your business makes more. It's in their benefit. It's a very much a logical sequence. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So and war- the thing about warm-up campaigns, when you have a really effective video, it could be 15 seconds, could be a minute, right? You can get people to watch 50%, 75% of that video for pennies. A cent. Right? Mm-hmm. So your warm-up campaign is teaching your community that you're trying to reach who you are. Mm-hmm. It's a great opportunity for them to get the essence Facebook rewards videos, and it also learns who your audience is. So even though some of our clients get a little frustrated with the timing of that, because it's an extra two to three weeks of warm-up, in the end, when you convert that to a retargeting campaign, you convert that to a lead form campaign, you convert that to a link off in traffic or conversion campaign, the cost of acquiring a customer could be sometimes 70% less if you go through the time that it takes to set up campaigns correctly. So along this funnel, we, we, we recommend a, a warm-up campaign that's significant. Don't do it for two days. I recommend doing it for seven to 14 to 21 days. Um, and then from there, allow them to link off to a website because one of the best possible conversion paths you could ever have is a retargeting campaign for somebody who's visited your website. So we recommend doing some retargeting campaigns after that. Also, do some uh, nurturing campaigns where you might have some social proof in there, and I'll get into the five things that make a campaign uh, or an ad valuable. But drive somebody uh, with an ad that once they've already clicked on a video, now you retarget them with a second ad that explains more about what you do. And have you ever seen the ad? I know you have, speaking to the audience. Yeah. Have you ever seen an ad where there's that little more button above an image and you click that? And it drops down and there's more language there. So we call those long formats. And you might want to A-B test a short format and a long format. But the reason why we love long formats is because when you click that more button and make sure there's a cliffhanger right before the more, like, look at all this amazing yoga stuff we have, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And then it goes to more. And you click that and it pulls down and you share all this, this other things. Um, underneath there, you would have social proof. But here's another thing that most people don't know. And unless you're on the inside working with Facebook on marketing campaigns, you would never really know this. But if you've ever heard that engagement matters on an ad to get you more distribution, that little more button, Facebook largely considers that engagement. Right. So I just want to back up and use Dan's words, unpack what you just said (laughs) for a minute, because we're using a lot of big words. The first thing that you hit on is uh, a retargeting ad. And so what Dan's saying is if you get somebody for any reason whatsoever to click on your website 
and you have what's in, what's called a Facebook tracking pixel installed. And if you've ever worked with me or you've ever even talked to me for about five minutes, right. <laughs> I'm like screaming this at you, install a Facebook tracking pixel, install a Facebook tracking pixel. And all this does, whether you plan to run ads in the next six months or the next two years, is a Facebook tracking pixel gathers every single person who has ever visited your website during that time so that when it comes time, you can serve them with an ad and it is your cheapest audience possibly to ever reach and your hottest leads because they know who you are. They've been to your website. They know your name. They're not cold. They've read about you somewhere. And now at any point we can get them with an ad or anything with a video view campaign. We can put anything in front of them at any time for very, very cheap if you have a Facebook tracking pixel. So when Dan says retargeting campaign, that's what he's referring to. If you can get them to click on your site and get there, then we can serve them an ad. It's called retargeting later on. The second thing is Facebook rewards engagement. So you can spend a lot of money getting an ad out there in front of a ton of people, but if people aren't liking it, sharing it, engaging it, clicking on it, Facebook actually sort of like punishes you. Like you have to create an ad, which is we're going to get into what makes an effective ad. Um, but you can't just throw an ad up, get it in front of a thousand people and have them not engage. Facebook will take it away. Yeah, I guess there's two ways of looking at it, right? Like you can either spend a ton of money just because you think you're advertising or you apply the strategies that say you and Clay know mm-hmm. that are, I'm just saying stuff that you guys already really know really well. Yeah. But when you, when you deploy these kinds of strategies, these dollars will go so much longer. They'll stretch so much farther for clients. Um, and, and that's why we recommend deploying these kinds of strategies because they become so much more cost effective. And in the end, it creates more customers. Yeah. <laughs> and more conversions and, more conversions. and sales, yeah. which is what we all want. So, correct. So along this path, finishing it out. So so far, we've got warm up campaigns, we've got retargeting campaigns, we've got engagement campaigns. But by now, this audience should be pretty far engaged in the brand. They should really know who the brand is. They should know the brand essence. They should understand the value points, the problems it solves, the uh, incredible offers it provides, and they're ready to buy. So now we can deploy an offer campaign. So you're letting Facebook in this ad campaign be your sales force if you do it correctly. So that's the first thing we recommend is having a funnel strategy and the right sort of warm up to conversion campaign strategy. But it's always a a crawl, walk around strategy. And if an agency tells you that they're going to do all this stuff for you overnight, um, there's nothing sustainable in that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's sort of a big red flag, (laughs) actually, I think. Um, I mean, people want to spend a ton of money right away. And that looks really exciting for agencies. But it's like, actually, we need to hold off, wait till we find that sweet spot. And then we go. Yeah, we see that a lot with agencies that they're so enamored with the person who just wants to spend a ton of money. Yeah. And they lose sight of like, what's the true value for their customer or their client. And, and that's why we preach crawl, walk, run. Like, I don't care if you have a million dollars to spend. We're not doing it. We, we would rather spend $50 a day, learn what works, and then go spend that big budget that they have. Instead, you know, a lot of people, they get enamored with that big dollar sign. And, and that's just such a disservice to clients and, and, um, and marketing in general. I mean, it just sets a bad precedent. I know. That's how marketing gets a bad name. Yeah. 
We're here to change that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think what's cool about your business, actually, uh, just you know, now that I know it really well for as long as I have, um, you all have a, a very special approach to just you're so your name says it all, right? Like your your authenticity with your clients and the way that you work with your clients to build their brand and you take such an interest in them, it really is inspirational. And it really should be talked about. I think mm. the industry will recognize that as you continue to grow. But you grow the right way also. Like if you talk to your client base, they'll tell you that or they'll tell me if I talk to them that what they get from you is sound advice, programs that work. You're not just there for a paycheck, but this is actually a passion. And their passion becomes your passion because you take on the right clients um, and to me, I think that that's why you have grown at the rate you have and why the advice has been love on your base, because mm. you have the ability to grow so fast because you do great work. Thanks, Dan. Well, I wouldn't say if it was. <laughs> well, I just appreciate that. But I think also like a lot of what we do on the tactical side of things yeah. is also really important. And so the way that I speak to my clients, a lot of people are really freaked out about marketing especially the people who come to us. Mm -hmm. um, they don't want to spend a lot of money. They're scared to spend money. They're also scared to make money. It's like this whole money fear-based mentality that we have to overcome. But a lot of it is, yes, I believe in honest, authentic communication, but there are also clear strategies. Right. Like, So you can love me a lot and mm -hmm. want to get a beer with me and hang out with me or go to yoga or go on a retreat or whatever. But at the end of the day, and I know this with all of our clients, if we don't deliver results... That's right. <laughs> so there has to be that like actual business marketing tactical strategic, you know, element to it, which is where we get so much from you, truly. Yeah. <laughs> and from Clay, yeah. but Clay also gets it from you. Yeah. So let's share. Let's share yeah. that. So so five points, uh, what we like to call the anatomy of an ad. Yeah. And, and so ads... Ads uh, inside of each one of these points are a million other little minutiae, little points, but the general concept you'll, you'll understand. So the first part is to, to know your audience. And what I mean by that is if you're in business, let's say you're a coach or you're somebody who has a retreat. You already know who your audience is. And if you're just starting out and you're like, I have no idea who my audience is, chances are you're in the business you're in, especially your client base, or yeah. in a business they're in because they're super passionate about what they do. Well, you couldn't be super passionate about what you do and not know people in a culture inside or a subculture inside of what they're working with. So if you just think about what uh, – now I'm speaking to you, the listener. If you, if you just focus on – what makes you tick? What is it that you love? What is it that you love to see? What would work for you in seeing an ad in your industry? That's knowing your audience because chances are your audience is very similar to you or very similar to the colleagues that you have in your business. Taking a step back and really building what your archetype looks like, who is your perfect customer? Where do they live? What do they like to spend money on? Where do they shop? That's so funny because I do this and I didn't even realize that we both did this. You call it the archetype and I call it the muse. Yeah. So every client I have, I make them tell me like their ideal customer, like what they look. I actually, we, we name them. 
they, we give them a name. So then it becomes too, like, we don't want to be so vague with our ads because if our ads are super vague, no one's going to click on them. So the more specific we get, of course, the more customers we're actually going to get. So we want somebody to feel like, oh my God, they're talking to me. Knowing the audience is really important. And as you unpack so that, yeah. you can really unpack who that person is. Yeah. The other part is, um, so once you once you understand how to communicate with them because you know them, right, um, what's the offer, right? Like, is it real? Is it extraordinary? How do you rise above the fray? So just giving somebody 10% off a product doesn't do it. Because there's so much on sale. And, and, you know, heaven forbid we're in like October, everybody and their mother has 30% off, right? Yeah. So you're just going to get drowned by everything else. It just becomes noise at that point. So an offer really is take a look at your business. What are the intrinsic value points of the business that can be offered as a free part of the business that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, but is a value add and an offer that will really make sense. And if you're in a business that seems obscure or seems different, or you're in a coaching business or in a or retreat business, again, I'll go back to the same thing I said about know your audience. You know what you would buy. You know what would resonate for you as an offer. So unpack that and go, okay, what are the things that would really stand out? And I can't stress this enough. Establishing a relationship with a paying customer and giving them more, even what you think is too much, but establishing a relationship with a customer and loving on them and keeping that customer is so much more valuable than getting a new customer. I couldn't agree more. So spend the time and energy on the offer side to give a real offer that is really meaningful because... It's like any relationship. The first experiences you have in a relationship set the tone for the relationship. So if you're setting a relationship with a customer, set the tone with that customer in such a way where they can't wait to see you again. They can't wait to buy again because they're so enthralled with the offer, right? <laughs> it's so true though, right? Like, you guys think I'm passionate about marketing. Have you met Love Dan Austin? <laughs> Love on them. Give them an offer that is so compelling. It's nuts. And this yeah. is something that I'll get into um, in, a, in, a, in a second. But um, what's really, really important is don't sell, don't pitch your customers, offer your customers. Yeah. That's such a distinction. I used to be in my career, I would just try to sell everybody everything. Mm-hmm. Instead... It's like offer something that really resonates with somebody and you've got them as a customer for life. Yeah. So offer is really important. A third value point um, is, you know, have a product value to solve a problem. Think about that from a product value perspective. The ad should portray something that is being solved. For example, people will have more urgency to do and take an action on something they don't necessarily need, but want. So creating a need out of a want is all about identifying pain points. And pain points are what motivates people far faster than, say, a want. The one thing about pain points, too, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, but um, I I tend to try and stay, like, positive. So I see a lot of like in focus on the benefit of the pain point. So it's as simple as I had a client and their ad was like, are you struggling with fatigue? Are you feeling burnt out? Like pain point, pain point, pain point, point. And I'm like, that's way too negative. I want to say like, get more energy, avoid burnout. Like I, I turn the pain point into a positive, like 
instead of this like negative, 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 and negative, because then someone's like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Versus are you ready to feel different? Yeah. Like it's just kind of, yeah, I'm ready to feel that. So I don't know if that's something. Well, so one way that we address that is we want to create commonality and then show that there's an answer to it. Mm. Right. So um, we all get fatigued. Right. Versus are you feeling fatigued? Mm, I love that. Yeah. Commonality and trust because rapport is that's why I said there's a million and one things underneath these points. But there's there's a commonality and a trust that we want to build through that pain point because people like to feel like there's an answer and like they're a part of something. The other part of this. So that's product value. Right. Solve a problem. And you guys do a really good job at telling the storyline of problems and, 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 and uncovering that. Just like you do with archetypes, you got to unpack it and really get to what are you solving with your particular business? Um, We kind of touched on this a second ago, but this is as important as anything on here. And that is an emotional tie in. Mm -hmm. And, And I don't like to dance around the tree with that. I use very explicit language. Get to the emotional tie in. If you can build a trust piece and build that bridge to an emotional tie in, there's you do that mostly through the image or the video of the ad, the actual creative piece. Less Make on me, the, I call this, it's funny because I didn't really realize that we had this so similar, but I call this make me feel something. Yeah. So when I look at an ad or even a landing page, I'll, I said this to a client yesterday, I was on the phone and I said, I'm looking at your page right now and I feel nothing. <laughs> and people, my other friend who I work with, she said it's her, the, her favorite thing that I say is I feel nothing. Because it's it's a positive, it's out of love. It's I want to feel something in this ad, and I'm not feeling anything. And I think that's so important. Like, show me your face. Don't show me someone's back. Like, people resonate with faces. Also, women in grass. I don't know if you've come yeah. across that, but yeah. if you put a picture of women in grass, it gets like ten times the engagement. Right. So there's a little. I don't even know what that is, but uh, Kaiser is doing it. I was just driving to Kaiser and their billboard is literally a woman like with headphones on in the grass. I'm like, they know. They know. They know. They know. <laughs> yeah. The emotional tie-ins are yeah. super important. It it, um, it also is what we call stop the, stop the scroll, like the thumb scroll. Yeah. You know, and, and, and some marketers, I always lose my, my, I always like lose it when I see this stuff. Like, Somebody will have an image that is like so off brand and they only put it in there because they know it'll stop somebody to pay attention. Yeah. What that creates is, is tire kickers. It doesn't resonate with buyers. So by all means, do not use some crazy picture or some crazy color that is just designed to stop somebody and look because chances are they're not going to pay attention to the language. They're going to look at why is it so absurd. Instead, pick images, pick videos and pick the content that is going to emotionally stir what problem you're solving or where they're aspirationally looking to go. Yeah. Emotional times are super important. And then also um, I don't see a lot of people do this, which is really a bummer because it's so readily available. Uh, Add in social proof. And I don't mean like your typical, like, you know, testimonial that's super long. I just mean if there are other people that have either liked your Facebook page or other stuff, take a snapshot of that and put it in your ad. Right. Like have some people that have said, yes, this is amazing. Do it, too, because we travel in packs. Oh, it's why we pay so much attention to Amazon reviews Mm -hmm. and we look at the negative stuff. We look at the positive stuff. Right. And 
So having social proof in an ad uh, will give you as much as a 10%, as much as a 50% better engagement rate and also increase, you know, exponential amount of sales when done because people want that social proof. They want to know it works for others. We did this. I had Lindsay, uh, who was the CEO of Ritual on the podcast last week. And one of the ads that worked really well for them was they were recently rated the top yoga studio in San Francisco. So it's find out why Ritual Hot Yoga was rated top number one in San Francisco, you know, and it worked so well. Um, People want to like what other people like. Um, So just to recap on those five points, um, number one, know your audience. Mm -hmm. Number two, have a killer offer Mm -hmm. because we could drive so much traffic at the end of the day, which we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. And if it's not a good offer, Mm -hmm. we can't sell it. Number three is what is number three? Solve a problem. problem. Hit on a pain point, solve a problem. Number four, emotional tie-in and number five, social proof. Those are Dan's foolproof. It really works too. When I call him and, and the other thing about this is you can create an ad, like knowing this sort of anatomy, you wouldn't know in the ads that I create that I'm doing this, right? Like our clients are a lot more uh, intuitive and sort of like pick up on this kind of thing when you're trying to sell or be salesy. So I have to get really creative, but I'm definitely including like three out of these five points in every ad, because at the end of the day, I need to create authentic ads. They need to be meaningful, but they still need to convert. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So these points are really important. But if you, if you unpack every single one of these in this true meaning, these all relate back to regular life. Yeah. Know who you're trying to talk to and why don't just give them something that is a 10% off. That's a fictitious. That's just, that's just being on sale. Always on sale. Doesn't work for long-term brand success. So offer something that's real and valuable, solve a problem, right? These are all things, have an emotional tie in, have a discussion that's not surface level. Like who cares about like, it's like get real, right? Get real, (laughs) right? Like who cares? Have you ever heard those people that go like, why don't you ever go out? Well, because I don't like small talk. Mm -hmm. So don't have small talk, have real talk, have an emotional tie in that actually tells somebody that you care about them. And then people want to know if I go to this place, are there other people just like me there? Yeah. So I'm not in some environment that like I don't know anything about, but these are people that really care that about the same stuff I do. It's authentic. It's exactly how you go through life. So why not do an advertisement like? I mean, I love talking to you about it because Clay and I spend so much time on these ads, and it's just people don't know like what goes into it. And it's actually really fun too. And it doesn't have, this just goes back to my whole thing. Like marketing can be honest. It doesn't have to be slimy. Like that's why I love working with Dan so much because he does work with bigger companies, corporate companies, commercial clients that I necessarily wouldn't. But then you like throw me, you introduce me to their CEO or whoever, because we do a lot of work together now. And I'm like, wait, I love this person. I totally want to help them with this ad. And it's just become Marketing in general has become a lot more exciting since you came to us. <laughs> so thank you for those. Yeah. The next thing I wanted to talk about um, before we take a break is email marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this podcast episode, I think, is a little more dense than most. But I also think this is really important information to know whether you have your own business, are a solopreneur, entrepreneur, 
and could even have a marketing agency, you should know what they're doing. And if they're not installing a Facebook tracking pixel, fire them. If they're not doing warm up ads, fire them. And if they're not doing lead gen, fire them, which is what I wanted to talk about next is email marketing. So Dan has been in the industry quite a bit longer than I have. And he, as well as, as me, or he, like me, screams email marketing from the rooftops. And so instead of me saying it again, I'm going to let Dan say it. So maybe people will hear me how important email marketing is. Tell me why. Yeah. Uh, I am a, a huge proponent of email. And um, what I'll say is that there's there's a lot of new, fun, shiny new objects that always come. Look, I've been in this since 1997, right? I have a gray beard for a reason. <laughs> I've been here a while and I've seen literally every kind of ad, right? From banner ads to pop-up ads, interstitial. I mean, like you can go on. I will, I tell customers this and you know, people this all the time. There are two things about email to understand first. One, it has stood, it has stood the test of time from the beginning and has always been effective. Banner ads came and went, interstitials came and went, affiliate came and went there. There are so many ad types and, and ways to market that come and go. People still check their emails every People day. check their emails every day. And when you build the right kind of trust with your customer base, they will look for your email. And when they get your email, they will click on it. That's the first thing is email is dead test of time. It has never changed. Second thing, email lists are the best 401k plan any business can ever have. Spending money always on in paid search is a cost every month. Spending money on Facebook, same thing, cost. Email marketing and building a messenger file that you can connect with is the same as email. So Mm -hmm. I'll lump those into the same thing. Yeah. Building that lead list, that email list that you can cultivate and you can build a relationship and build trust with, best 401k plan because you spend the money once to get it and it's there. And if you nurture that and love on that list, and when I mean love on that list, I'm not talking about like sending 50,000 emails in a week, right? Like send an email that's valuable. It's just like posting in social. Don't just post to have noise, say something important. If you nurture an email list and provide value to an email list, they will buy from you. And over and over and over again. I mean, so this is so important that we are about to launch. And now that I'm saying it. I'm so excited for this, by the way. Cannot wait for this. Now that I'm saying it, it means we actually have to do it. Drum roll. Um, but Clay and I this have found the um, the value, obviously, in growing email lists. And when done right and when nurtured properly, I mean, so many sales can come from just one drop of an email. So our next sort of program that we're launching is how to grow your email Can't list. wait for this. Because <laughs> um, I've been screaming it from the rooftops for a while, and it's pretty simple. It's, you know, your pet, you're still paying like you would on Facebook. Um, but instead of getting somebody to click or buy something, you're just getting them to enter their email address. And... The campaigns we have managed to do, I mean, it's like 50%, 70% conversion rate, which means everybody that's 50% of people that are clicking on that ad are entering their emails. It's so exciting to see. We do this in the authentic marketing program, but it's so important that we decided to create our own separate program just to help people grow their list. Also with Dan's advice and 
we've learned a lot from you actually how to nurture your list and when and how to put the ads because what it really should be, and I've said this before, is 80% value and then 20% call to action. So, which is pretty much, I think, how it should be in general when you're communicating with people. It's like you provide them value 80% of the time and then 20% you sort of like put your needs out there. Anyway, that's just what I think. Same with social media, like 80% of the time you should be providing value to other people and 20% of the time making it about yourself. And when you do that, it works. And that's one of our big strategies in email. So it's going to be a six-week program. Um, Hopefully we're announcing it next week or the week after as soon as we're done recording it. Um, But I'm really excited about it because people don't understand like the value of an email. And once people get it, it's like game changer. Yeah. I I can't wait for this program. Yeah. I I think it's going to be amazing. I know what you guys do with email and um, not just a list build part, but maybe you'll have a follow on to that, which is how to nurture the email. Yeah, oh, for sure. So it's going to be, first of all, how to get the email, a quality email into your list. And then the second part, how to keep them happy, how to nurture them with content, when to nurture Dude. them, how often, all of that stuff. Pure, so pure gold. <laughs> No, 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 no. Pure gold. Well, I agree, and it, which is why I'm doing it, because I would never put an offer out there that I didn't think is actually going to help someone's business. And this, to me right now, even though the majority of our business, like yours, is Facebook ads, like I can't stress the importance of growing an email list. And people who get it, like we have a friend that is spending literally $125,000 next year to grow her email list by 100000 because that's how valuable. She's like, she's like, oh, got it. Like, I, just, I recognize the value of an email list. Just to give you a little anecdote around how valuable an email list yeah. is compared to other marketing. And I don't mean that other marketing is not valuable. Trust me. Facebook drives billions of dollars of commerce. Of course. Right? But you have to pay every time to you reach to, them. You have to pay to reach them unless you're in a messenger campaign with them, which is also part of email. Email, just to give you a, a little point of reference, if you're a coach or you're somebody who has a retreat, or you're somebody that's putting on a digital program, um, like a series of you know modulars. Some sort learning, of online course. Some sort yeah. of online course. I have a very good friend who, who lives just down the street from me who specializes in driving campaigns just like you guys do. Um, but what they've done in email is they have built people, they, they help people build a list of 50,000 or more. And of that 50,000 on average, when the offer is say 5,000 to 10,000 in terms of a course, Mm -hmm. they average making their clients over half a million dollars every quarter on the drops from email. It is so real. And and the thing thing that's interesting about that is a client will spend 100,000 to make 500,000. That is the power of an email list. Well, that's such a bigger conversation, which I don't even think we have time for today is just the idea around marketing is you have to spend in order to make money. And the idea with marketing is you put in a dollar, you get back five, you put in a hundred thousand dollars, you get back $500,000 and that's the way it works. So you always have to invest. And one thing Dan has taught me is never to promise exact results because every offer audience product, everything is different on any given day. But we, what Facebook, what we can guarantee is growth, right? And so that's always what I guarantee. Like this will work. I don't know if it's going to be 10 or 20 people until I get in and look at the data. So 
with all that being said, we've got really carried away on this, but obviously we're very passionate about this. And if you are a solopreneur, entrepreneur, or somebody that's just interested in learning about marketing, I hope that this is very valuable because it's been very valuable for our business. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then come back and talk about that time Dan and I just got fired. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we got fired. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, and I wanted to talk about this because Dan and I do run very successful campaigns, but in the spirit of authenticity, yes, I have been fired. Yes, Dan has been <laughs> fired. And we recently got fired on a project we were working on together. And we've talked about it a lot, sort of what went down and just um, to give a brief, obviously, I'm not going to say the name of the company, but just to give a brief um, sort of overview, uh, the client came to us, they had a product that was already finished uh, that they wanted to sell and a page they had already created to sell this product. And so we came on board to create the ads and to do the emails. Really big email list felt like a no brainer. So we launch the ads, we send the emails, and what happened, Dan? <laughs> Flippity flop flop. No one purchased. <laughs> Lots of traffic. Lots of traffic. Lots of traffic. So what's interesting, so of course we got fired. So uh, that's the short of it. And what's interesting from a marketing standpoint is it was a very successful campaign because um, we got the traffic. So all of the clicks, right? Like we got I think thousands and 10,000 10, over people clicked on this page that we actually had no control over this page that it took them to and no one, no one purchased. And Clay, I have to like give him a little shout out here uh, from the beginning uh, was hesitant because he, he's really good at looking at a page and can tell you in like 2.5 seconds if it's going to convert or not. And he did not believe that it would, but the, mistake we made was we did not speak up. So <laughs> I called Dan after this and we were all kind of like, we knew that this product was not right. Like for whatever reason, uh, we knew that it wasn't going to resonate with people. The landing page needed to be reworked. And we were too far in at this point to do that. We had already launched. So what did we learn? Is <laughs> the real question. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the learnings were, um, one, make sure that the client fits in the four quadrants that we talk about. Right. That's really key. Well, let's talk about that for a quick second. Super quick. Yeah. Four quadrants uh, that we look for are, one, um, is there credibility behind the client, right? Do they have a following? Got usually about 30,000 or more to really fit that space. Um, Are they published? Do they have, uh, you know, some sort of authorship, right? Is there something interesting about that? That's quadrant one. Quadrant two is what's the market like? Are we talking about five people? Are we talking about five million people? It's got to be a decent uh, uh, marketplace. Um, is it capitalized? In other words, do they have the runway to crawl, walk, run, right? Uh, or are they looking for a dollar and $5,000 tomorrow? That's usually a red flag. Um, and then the last piece is, uh, will they listen? Will they take advice? Will they actually implement the stuff that we suggest implement? Are they easy to work with? If any one of those quadrants are less than, we don't work with them. And that, that I think, was the biggest learning from this. 
Yeah. So Dan does. But also, we needed to speak up and guide and lead our clients. Right. And, and that was where we felt. So Dan taught us how to do this four quadrant thing. So those four quadrants that he just mentioned, they're not ours. Clay and I have four different quadrants. And it's the basically the four things internally that we look for in a client that tells us, can we really help them? Can we really transform their business? And if they don't meet these four things, as hard as it is to say no, um, which I want to talk about really quickly in a second, is we just can't do it, right? And so, Dan, we got really excited about this client, basically. We got really excited about the offer and just said, okay, great. And uh, we were not – we tried to speak up, but I, my fault, I think, lies in speaking up more. Um, we've had another client that we spoke up till the ends of the earth and that client did not want to hear us. That was another story. But with this story, I could have spoke up more. And it's really hard um, when you have a client that this is their project. This is their baby. They've worked really hard and they bring you into something that they've already spent months and days and hours and hours and hours working on and are, they think it's great. Mm-hmm. And to come in and say, this won't sell is really hard. And I should have said it. And I think, you know, when we talked about it afterwards, we all kind of had this like, I don't know if people are going to take this offer. And so we did everything we could. We got it in front of as many people. And at the end of the day, people didn't take. So we failed. I cried. Dan didn't cry. I cried a lot. I cried a lot. Um, But it's just, we got to take it as a learning lesson. And I think next time, I'm going to never not speak up again. Yeah. And I've noticed it since too. You've been really good about that. I think yeah. I was just telling our team earlier today that, you know, like an agency doesn't get hired or at least isn't an, isn't an excellent agency if they just do what the client wants. Right. We have to lead clients. We have to lead them to the promised land. We have to always constantly be perfecting their business, pushing their business further. And if we see something wrong and we don't say something, that's on us. That's totally on us. And I just, I've been doing it a lot more and I hear myself looking at a page and I'm like, this isn't, I, this isn't going to convert. We can't run paid ads here yet. Right. I know this isn't going to work and I don't want to take, I don't want to pay for people to get here when I know that people won't buy. And they're like, thank you. Right. You know, it's so well received. So Big learning lesson. The other thing um, that I think has come from us working together that I've learned is knowing when to say no. Mm. Um, And that's when this four quadrant thing came into play. Like, I want to help everyone. Mm. And I was getting into situations that I was saying yes to when I realized they they couldn't afford me or they didn't have the runway, like you said, to do the crawl, walk around strategy. And I was feeling so just awful. And that's when you told me this four quadrant approach. And it's just, if you don't meet these four things, like I can't help you to the best of my ability. And that's all that it is. And I love you and I wish you the best. And also here's maybe another course or somebody else. That's what I've tried to do now is I don't just want to turn people away. I want to be able to offer them Mm -hmm. like, here's a course you should take, or, Hey, go grow your email list Mm -hmm. with this course we're putting out and then come talk to me when you have that. So it's getting to be easier, but it just doesn't feel good ever. Mm. When did you get good at saying no? Because <laughs> uh, you're pretty good at I'm, protecting. I, I'm good at it now, but I, I think it became uh, super evident to me when we were losing business because we weren't able to, to help. And, and I understood that 
if if someone wants to spend a dollar in marketing, I better be a really good steward of that dollar. Yeah. And sometimes being a good steward of their dollars is, hey, you're not ready yet. Do these things and you'll be ready. And then we can have a really successful relationship together. But anything before then, it's like, you know, like they're going to go into a place of a bottomless pit of money spending mm-hmm. without really being successful. And so I like so as as marketers, we have an absolute responsibility and a duty to always make sure that our client base are putting their best foot forward and giving them the best chance at winning. And sometimes it's saying, hey, look, you're not a good fit for us. Or this won't work because of this. Go perfect this. Go work on this and then come back and we'll make a real go at it. And then I think we could be successful. So many agencies just take on business because they see revenue. And, and that's so short-sighted. And that's something I've really respected with you guys. And why I've spent so much time working is because I believe in who you are as people is really good at the core. Your integrity is so sound. And you do like the reason why you did cry when we lost this client is because you realize, you know what, collectively, we didn't bring our A game to that. And, and so watching you guys and the maturization of, of authentic audience grow, you're really good at that now, actually. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're really good at telling a client, like, look, this isn't going to work. Go work on this first and then by all means come back. Or these guys might be better specialized. Like I, I got a client that I'm bringing to you right now. Yeah. That, that just sort of outside of our wheelhouse and more in your wheelhouse. And so it's a better fit, right? So we'll work on it together. Yeah. But learning that is, I think it's been really important. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to say no, but at the end of the day, Clay always says, "Well, what are we really in the business of doing?" Yeah. Right? We're we're not in the business of like teaching somebody how to like be insta famous, or we're not in the business of having somebody blow up overnight. We will transform your business in ninety days, and it to to really do that, we need you to meet these four requirements. And if you can't, here's how to go do that. And it's been great. I mean, it's, and then we get to work with you on these projects. Like it's been so fun. So one thing that, you know, we've gotten to do with Dan and um, his partner, Andy, who I like worship. Um, Dan and I are more like an Andy and Claire. more like. So we have a lot of fun. Um, But if they get like a more health or wellness or sort of yogi based uh, client, they'll come to us for consulting. And if we get a client that's a little more, uh, they want to spend more and they need more like intricate or technical ads and we go to Dan and Andy. So it's been really great um, feeling like we have like this team and this partnership and it works so well. And as you can see now, even though Dan has 20 years in this marketing world and is very, very successful, this he still has this like integrity, this honest marketing that in my opinion has made you so successful mm-hmm. and I've seen you evolve, you know, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. depending on who the client is or yeah. who you're working with. And it's really pretty cool to see. So on that note, I thought we would end with my favorite two questions. And let's start first with what is one of or the most inauthentic moment that you have had with business? Yeah, (laughs) that is such a good question. (laughs) I love it. Um, So there's been a lot early in my career, especially. Um, the, the, the biggest one um, that, if I'm just being super vulnerable about, there have been times with um, clients that I knew their product was crap. I, I just knew it. 
I, I knew it was just not good, not going to serve the public well, not really going to make money, you know, just, just not great, but I would take their business on anyway. Um, that was, that was back uh, maybe 10 years ago, you know, and I've had that happen a few times since. Mm-hmm. And, and the inauthenticity of that, that really sucks for everybody yeah. is one, you end up living with a client and marketing a product you don't believe in. And you know, I it's can't not, think of anything worse than feeling that. Right. Yeah. Like, I remember um, not very long ago, uh, we were a startup agency six years ago, marketing in the shale and oil and gas industry. Mm. And I remember going home to my wife every night going like, I don't believe in this form of raping our earth of its natural resources. <laughs> put it lightly. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know another way of saying that. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I did it anyway. Yeah. And and I remember uh, eventually getting out of that business and feeling so good about that. And and I remember it was such a it was a reminder that you have to stand behind the stuff you're working in and you you um this will re- this will be for your audience. Market your truest self and stay there. Because customers will gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. Anything outside of that is short-lived. That's the thing, the short-lived piece. I think that's so important. Yeah, and I can really say, like, I see the clients you take on now, and it's really, it's changed a lot. Yeah. I know who you've worked with in the past, and it's really cool to see. I think it's, I mean, we have a lot of, like, power as marketers. Mm-hmm. Like, we can sort of make something if it's good, we can make it pretty successful. Yeah. If it's bad, we can also make it pretty successful. And so, yeah. you know, we do hold a lot of power in that. And I don't take it lightly. And I'm glad that you don't either. No, I, I yeah. look at it like, you know. But much, it happens. So I much mean, that is given, much is required. Here, yeah. And we need to be good stewards of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, <laughs> do you have like a most authentic or one of your favorite sort of moments where you were really standing in your authentic truth um, with your business and what happened? Yeah. So, um, this has to do with, um, the management of others. Mm. And, um, in my twenties, I was fortunate enough to become a vice president pretty young of a really large 300,000 person company. And I had the idea that management was a certain way. And, um, there was an arrogance around that and a, um, uh, an inauthenticity because I didn't believe that I deserved to be that high up in a company yet at my age. And so I was trying to prove it through the iron fist. Mm. And it wasn't until um, my late thirties, uh, early forties when I was at um, Home Depot and uh, I had a chance to work with the president of Home Depot quite often. And I would watch the way that he, it seemed like everybody there would just run through brick walls for him. And I, and I would always wonder like, yes, he's funny. Yes. He's charismatic. Yes. He has good things to say. He's super intelligent, like runs a great business, but what was the secret ingredient? And what I, what I, what I learned and I actually point blanked him on it. Um, he talked to me a lot about being 
um, consistent and, and being um, truthful, right, wrong, or indifferent. If your employees know the real truth of the matter, if they can't handle the truth, they shouldn't be there anyway. And to me, that is the one thing that I took years ago and, and why I believe that we have a great culture. You do have a great culture. And our yeah. teammates work really hard for each other is we live by those principles. As a leader, I live by it. Like, look, you're going to get what you're going to get the truth 100% of the time, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. And that rallies people. And that's living in my truest, authentic place. And then we preach if the individual is about the team and the team is about the individual, we will win 100% of the time. And basically what that means is check your ego at the door. It's not about leg up here. It's about how can we service others? And in that, in, and that's really where, like, if I ever get outside of my authenticity around that, my business partners, Andy, Kim, Ryan, will be the first to tell me, hey, dude, what happened here to truth and the team? And, and it's a really great reminder. And I don't care what business you're in. That is a, that is a thing. And many leaders believe that if that in order to keep their employees, they have to somehow embellish or fictitiously or shave off truth or gear away from really what's happening in the business. Because if they knew the truth, they wouldn't be here. Well, they shouldn't be there and you shouldn't be in business. If people can't handle exactly what's going on, they need to go. And what I can tell you is if you talk to any person that works with me, they'll, you included, right? I mm -hmm. mean, you would say that you pretty much right, wrong, or indifferent. Sometimes it's not always as fluffy and beautiful, you know, but you always know exactly where I'm coming from. And to me, that truth is, uh, there's nothing stronger than that. Well, that pretty much sums up why I love working with you so much. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I just, I found, we, we kind of came together in an interesting way. Sure. I would say yeah. uh, we have an interesting story, but there was definitely something that I, let's put it this way. I could have not liked you, <laughs> you know, and instead I really, yeah. um, saw something and felt something and see the way that you are with your business partner and how you have been with Clay and with me. It's just, it's so exciting to know that there are other marketing agencies out there living these principles as well. Um, I think it's important for everyone to know that. Uh, it just, I want to like change the way that people feel about marketing and that they look at it. And, you know, it's doesn't, it's not a money pit. Like marketing means you should be making more than you're spending. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it also doesn't have to be slimy and salesy and shitty. So thank you for being here. Yeah. I hope to have you on again. I think we covered a lot, but there's a lot more we could dive into. And I think it's really important to learn and to know, especially if you're getting into business of any kind, because if you have a business, you need a marketing strategy. Mm. Uh, organic growth will only get you so far. True. So everybody needs marketing. Um, and I think uh, it's more empowering to actually know what you're talking about and how to do it. So with that said, thank you for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I'm a big fan. I believe in what you do at your core. I think that Authentic Audience is an amazing company. You and Clay are, are doing great things, but more importantly, your client base is really great too. So keep up the good work. Good people. Thank yeah. you. Until next time, everyone keep growing. Yeah.